Welcome to Anchor Church's podcast. Today, Nick is talking about racism and reconciliation and his journey of learning about both. Let's listen in. Hey, my name is Nick, and I want to share with you a little bit about my journey coming to discover racism and racial reconciliation. You see, I grew up in a poor family. We were in not the best of neighborhoods. We had a lot of cops hanging around and we were on welfare, food stamps. And so I never really considered myself to be privileged. And because I had some people in my life who were people of color and I did have a babysitter who actually considered herself to be my black grandma, I thought, if I have a black grandma, there's no way I can be complicit with racism. But the truth is, I have had assumptions, I've made stereotypes, and I've said different things that have been insensitive. But as I look back, the thing that really bothers me the most about the way I've acted is just how little I've cared about other people who are hurting. You know, just like everyone else I heard about, an unarmed black man shot down. And I'm disgusted by how little I gave thought to it. When I would hear about protests and about kneeling and riots, I thought, whoa, this is something that's too political, too, too controversial. I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm gonna keep a distance. And I thought, besides, I don't have time for that. That's someone else's problem. And instead of weeping with people who are weeping, even though I thought I was a compassionate person, this ended up being a huge, huge blind spot in my life. You know, it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I even heard some of the different terms like uh, affirmative action, which when I heard it, I thought, this is awful. it, It sounded like I was getting less scholarships because I was white. I heard about things like white privilege, which I couldn't come to terms with. I said, I have no privilege. I came out of poverty and my home was a drug abuse home. I'm not privileged. I didn't think about the people who were dealing with more problems and opposition and challenges because of the color of their skin. Since then, I would hear about leaders and professors and pastors speaking up saying how important racial reconciliation is. But even then, I thought, well, that's good for them, but that's not my ministry or my calling. That's not a problem I have time to deal with. It wasn't until I had some conversations with a friend of mine that I began to turn around, really. I saw just how passionate he was about this issue and the steps he was taking. And he would talk to me in a way where I knew that this wasn't a political thing. It wasn't about politics, it was about people. And the way he talked to me, he wasn't putting me on the defense, but the way he talked and the way he lived was so compelling that I felt responsible and even excited to find some solutions. And so I started learning and growing and and just asking the questions and meeting people. I even joined a black book club where we were reading different uh, books by black authors. And when I walked in, I realized, whoa, I am the only white man in the entire room. And I got those looks like, ooh, are you lost? But I sat down, I listened to the discussion, and I tried to kind of keep quiet, didn't want to cause a stir, I'm just here to listen. But I couldn't help myself. 
at one point I just blurted out, I said, are your experiences really that different than mine? Because I kept hearing all these different experiences and stories and it was blowing me away. And I got that same look. I got that look like, oh, are you lost? But they were so nice and they were so gracious and kind to me. And they were vulnerable and they shared more of their experiences. And I'll tell you, as I've been able to meet more people and hear their stories, I'm realizing just how much vulnerability and courage it takes to be able to share your story. Especially when you're sharing something of uh, feeling oppressed, that's a traumatic moment. And I'm so grateful for those of you who have shared with me and, and have been willing to open up and, and share a little bit about your story. I think that's so, so important. I think stories can be so much more powerful than stances. And even though I'm still growing and learning, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to continuing to lean in and learn and grow because I know Jesus is committed to this. You know, Jesus said, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. And so if it was me, if I felt judged, if I felt unsafe in my neighborhood, if I felt like an outsider in my own country, I would want somebody to care, somebody to listen, somebody to do something on my behalf. You see, Jesus cares. Jesus cares deeply about racial reconciliation. He cares deeply about ending oppression and bringing about justice. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the penalty of our sins. Yes, I believe that, and I am so grateful that he did. But what we may not really think about a lot is that when Jesus died on the cross, he accomplished a couple other things. One thing Jesus accomplished is that he brought about racial reconciliation. Because before Jesus, there was one people who saw themselves as God's people and everyone else was on the outside. And it got so bad that when the church started, there were the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. There were those who were really on the inside and those who can watch from afar. And Jesus hated that. And so Paul talks about in Ephesians 2, there being this wall of hostility. And Jesus saw that wall and he said, this wall is coming down. And, and he didn't use a sledgehammer, no. What Ephesians says is he used his entire body as a wrecking ball to tear down that wall. Jesus said, I'm going to do what it takes to bring about reconciliation, to bring about unity in my church, whatever it takes, even if it takes my own life. And if Jesus was willing to lay down his life to bring about reconciliation, I need to be willing to open my mouth. Jesus cares. He died to reconcile. He also died to bring deliverance because that is the heart of God. God hates oppression. He despises it and he loves and he delights in justice. Jesus, God even calls himself, I am the Lord, the God who brought Israel out of Egypt. 
He is the God who delivers the oppressed. And when Jesus died on the cross, he delivered all of us who are oppressed in our sin. Anyone who comes to Jesus is set free and delivered from the chains of sin. Because Jesus is looking out for the oppressed. When I saw that video of George Floyd begging for his life, I saw an oppressed man and I was broken because I knew right there that injustice and oppression for that one man at the very least is undeniable and it crushed me. For some of you, you didn't see an oppressed man, no. You saw your dad, you saw your brother, you saw your son. Some of you felt so deeply disturbed by that. You were physically nauseous for days. And I won't completely understand. I don't think I'm gonna actually totally understand what it was like for you to see that video and what it's like for you to live like an outsider, to live with discrimination against you. But I'm telling you, I know that one day this will end. It may not be in our country anytime soon, but it will be one day when God makes all things right. In Revelation, it talks about God bringing about justice and there being a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more pain or tears or crying or sorrow, where everything would be made right. He says, in heaven, there will be every tribe and tongue and language and people group all together, worshiping together in unity, fully reconciled. But until that day comes, we need to pray what Jesus taught us to pray, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is something we must be committed to. And I want to ask you, if, if you've heard us up to this point and you're starting to think, wow, Jesus, I didn't realize that he cared so much about the things I care about. I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. You know, there's a link below or there, there's a comment below. Would you like that comment? Because I want to have a conversation with you about what it means to begin a relationship with Jesus. It will change your life. And so please do not put it off. Like that comment. Some of you guys may be thinking, yeah, this is a big problem and I know I want to do something, but I don't know where to start. I felt that way when I heard this black pastor sharing about racism and I came up to him afterward and I said, what do I do? And he gave me the best advice. He said, make friends with a black person. And I said, does that make me racist? And he said, no, 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 no. If we're going to end racism, it's going to be happening one friend at a time. He said, if we're going to break racism in our country, it's going to be through relationships because this is a people problem, not a political problem. We need to build relationships, build trust. We need to hear stories, not just stances. And so consider the people in your life and the people you're closest to, and think about who is somebody I can hang out with, I can get lunch with. I'm gonna be 
comfortably uncomfortable and I'm going to reach out to somebody of a different ethnicity, a different race than I am. I'm going to be a part of the solution. I'm going to make a difference. And would you join with me as we pray for this? Dear God, I confess that I have been selfish. I confess that I have hurt people by my inaction as well as by my actions. And God, I pray that by your spirit, through your church, God, your kingdom would come on earth and it would be lived out on earth as it is in heaven. Until that day comes, may we continue to fight for justice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Anchor Church's podcast. Every month we upload new episodes to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with God. If you'd like to get involved further or give into the mission of Anchor, please check out anchorchurchil.com. We'll see you next time.